right into the Triangle Podcast. Welcome in Couch Guy Sports. Of course, episode 59, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you find podcasts. If you love us enough and you're happy the Red Sox are winning, go rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It'd be a big help. Of course, on CouchGuySports.com, that's where you'll find us. All the other podcasts on the network, the written content, the Twitch, the YouTube, all that good stuff. It's all there for CouchGuySports.com. But this is into the Triangle. This is a baseball podcast. Uh, Al, Chris, we're back. And we don't have video, so I can't like, I can tease this. We do have someone else on the show this week. It's an old friend. Um, he's back. And I'm happy he's back because I actually wanted to apologize to him tonight. Um, because I didn't make his last show when he was saying goodbye to all of you. The boss, man, the boss man is back. Zach Jerk. And you know, it's fun. Just in time for hockey season. Because the hockey time is back. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going there. Zach Jaziero is back. The boss man is here. Um, had to jump on. Red Sox to go to the ALCS. Zach, how are you? Well, fellas, it's great to be back here. And yes, Jared, thank you for not bringing up the hockey team because that is the last of my concerns right now. You know what we'll bring up? The Buffalo Bills. They're the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. They're going to probably win the Super Bowl. All right, we have a lot to get to. We have a lot to get to, guys. The Red Sox played the Rays. They have an opponent for the ALCS. Uh, every team is set except for one as we record, but that'll be at the time you listen to this, they'll probably be all four teams squared away. No one's shocked. The Dodgers and the Giants are going five games. Um, all of this, though, all of this amazing content coming up is, of course, brought to you by our good friends at Shocked Energy. Zach, I'm going to ask you, specifically you, Zach, have you ever been unable to focus, you're tired, or just low on energy in general? Yes, I would say every day probably at some point. Well, that, that I, we understand that. Al understands that. Um, and so do our friends, of course, at Shocked Energy. And that's why this podcast, Into the Triangle, of course, is brought to you by Couch Guy Sports. And it's sponsored by our good friends at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy, guys, is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game, whether you're watching a Buffalo Sabres game and you need energy to stay awake from boredom, or you're just simply watching the Red Sox all night and need to stay up. This is the thing for you. Their formulas are designed one, to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over, guys, to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavored box or even their watermelon flavor. Uh, Zach, I don't know if you like watermelon, but it's good. Uh, oh, and by the way, don't worry. They ship worldwide. That's right. All of you Red Sox nuts who are global, get your shocked energy today as well and let us help you Gain your focus and energy back. Again, shockedenergy.com, CGSN. I'll get you 10% off. That Thank was you. clever with the savers. I actually appreciate that. that was you know, good. I've done this a couple times. Um, and the watermelon, by the way, I have it. I got my box today mm-hmm. of watermelon flavored shocked energy. Amazing. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Go get a box. Mm-hmm. I told you I'd work in the, the Buffalo Sabres. I had to a little bit. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, the Red Sox, guys, we are, we are going to the ALCS, which is amazing. Not necessarily sure anybody picked this to happen. Uh, but the Red Sox will be playing the Houston Astros officially for the fifth year in a row. They're going to the ALCS. Um, and I think, am I right on this? The only one they've actually won the World Series is when they cheated? Just saying? Yeah. Yep. The only time they won is when they cheated? Good to know. Okay. But first, you know, the Red Sox did play the Rays. And it was a pretty good series overall. Um, first game was kind of daunting. And then all the way through the Red Sox, they had their big moments. Um, before we get into anything specific, Al, this is for you. 
OG into the Triangle Pod crew. We bet like the over on 80 and a half wins at the beginning of this season. What has been the, what was the biggest shocker to you in this series that actually is a positive they can carry over to next series? I think it was the efficiency of the bullpen, plain and simple. And by the way, I want an apology from you specifically, Mr. Scally. I want an apology. What did I do? Oh, I'm about to tell you. And Nick Qualia, because before the season started, when it was the three of us back on the Couch Guy Sports podcast, you guys mocked me. You ridiculed me for saying that the bullpen has to be fixed in order to be able to make a run. And sure enough, who was the reason that the pitching staff actually did okay? It was the bullpen because Eduardo Rodriguez game one was not great. Chris Sale stunk in game two. So you know what? I want that apology. If you're not going to get it, I'm just going to take my moral victory because the bullpen helped tremendously. Nick Pavetta in game three, nails. Tanner Houck in game two was the reason that you came back from a 5-2 deficit and won that game in the fashion that you did. And honestly, in game four, Garrett Whitlock, Gave you the chance to walk it off in the ninth inning of game four, and he did it. He kept them in the game, and sure enough, they walked it off in game four. So the bullpen, if they can continue to, to keep this up, I think Matt Barnes is going to be activated for the ALCS roster. Could I be. could be wrong on that, but I think that's going to happen. Wouldn't surprise me if Sal Mora got on there somehow as well, but I really think this bullpen, if they can continue this, Red Sox got a legit shot the ALCS. End rant. Rate, review, subscribe to the Couch Guy Sports Podcast on iTunes. Thank you very much. Um, Look, you, you weren't wrong. I'll tell you that, okay? Um, this team, and Cora, actually, I was listening to a little bit of Cora's um, interview today. He was on WEI here in Boston, locally. Um, and he said today, you know, we did it 2018, and we were praised for it. We tried to do it in 2019. We were criticized for it. And this year, we're doing it again, and it's working. For some reason, Alex Cora has a, a knack for tapping into his starters to fill the bullpen. Um, and he credited to the fact, and this is something that we all, I don't like anyway, he credited to the fact of the, the innings management when it comes to taking starters out in the fifth, sixth inning throughout the year. He said that, and I'm like, okay, I'm not a big fan of analytics baseball. If it works out this way, it works out, and we can't really be mad about it because it's working. But at the end of the day, I don't know about you guys, but I would rather them have an actual bullpen that can sustain itself so your starters can actually go longer. Because you look at Eddie Rodriguez the other night when he was pitching well, that's a question where I'm like, why did you take him out? He was actually pitching well. He didn't need to come out. He was in command, and the Red Sox were in command of that game. Up five nothing. Were they up five nothing when he came out, or was it five one? Five uh, five one. So up five one when Eddie comes out, he looked fine, and then they 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 took him out after one hit. And it's like, okay, why could he was fine? Why didn't he come out? That's analytics baseball. That's where I dislike it. But Alex Cora's comments are telling. He's going to keep doing this because it's working, and he has guys like Chris Sale who can come out if need be, and Pavetta clearly is going to have that role because I don't know if he's ever going to need to start the way he's going. Um, I think he's just going to keep going it because it's working. Fair enough. I was hoping someone would comment about that, but whatever. We'll move on. I, well, I'm going to tell you, what, I, I think with the bullpen, they, they surprised me because I, you know, the narrative going into that series was was the Red Sox bullpen going to also be able to compete with the Rays bullpen? And it was really the Rays bullpen that faltered, and it was the Red Sox bullpen that exceeded the expectations. And we saw it in almost every single one of those games. So whatever Alex Cora wants to do and needs to do to continue this success, to do it. I mean, we saw, like you said, in 2018, you know, thinking back of how he used Rick Porcillo and how he used Nathan Avaldi, And so – if that's what he's going to have to do to, to beat the Astros, which he's going to have to, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm all for that. 
one interesting point is like Nick Pavetta too here. And this is something we can talk about. Like Nick Pavetta was nails in this role of protect the starters. They suck. He comes in, locks it down, right? He, he went, what was it? Four innings, five innings when they were losing and just kind of kept it manageable. Um, that, that's something that, you know, you think about the Nathan Valdi role, right? 2018, when he came in and went like infinity innings and, and helped you win that game. And like that whole situation when they, even though you lost, but like, that's what Nick Pavetta just did the other night. And he's nails and the excitement he brings and all this stuff. I don't know what they're going to do with Nick Pavetta. If he's going to end up starting at all, because it's turning into a seven game series and you only have two off days within that seven days. So like, I don't, he's probably going to end up starting at some point, um, which I'm all for, by the way, but something like those are the kind of things that Alex core is trying to tap into right now. And it's working. So we can't really fault him. Um, the one thing I'm really going to be intrigued about is some of these relievers. Cause today, again, on this interview, he mentioned there's going to be guys who are out in that bullpen that haven't been used that will help them in the ALCS. Didn't say names, didn't know it's, but like that alludes to probably Matt Barnes, right? Like you have to think that Matt Barnes is probably going to get a nod here, whether it's in a high leverage situation or in like the fifth, you know, I think Matt Barnes is going to get a shot in this ALCS because they, they know something we don't, I think with Matt Barnes or, or they just want to give him a shot. But um, I don't know what else you can do at this point. Cause like, I don't want Ryan Brazier on the mound. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't want Matt Barnes touch any. The only time that I want Matt Barnes to grab the baseball is pregame. Like, I, I don't want him. I mean, months ago, I would say, like, I don't want Garrett Richards to, to throw a meaningful inning in October, and he's not going to because he's got that injury. Yep. I don't want Matt Barnes back out there. I, he's just – I mean, what has he really done to, to show that he deserves the ball against Houston? The guy just melts down on the mound every single time that he seems to take the mound for this team. There's no – I have no trust or confidence. I, I mean, I Cora stands by his guys, but – you need to, you need to put your best, your your best foot forward here. Sawamura needs to take his spot on that, and and have him be an injury replacement if need be. I, I don't want him out there in any sort of capacity in this series. Isn't that ironic that Barnes started struggling after his contract extension? Like before that, he was mm-hmm. amazing closer for us. We thought, oh my god, this all star closer now, all star, yeah, all star, mm-hmm. and then he signs the contract extension. And then that's when our season was like, what is going on? Like that awful month of August and parts of September, like that's when the downfall started happening. So it's a little bit weird that he started struggling right after that contract session, because like I said before, he was awesome. Now it's just, he's the Matt Barnes of old now. And I hate to say it because I want him to succeed. Who wouldn't want your players to succeed in this league? But yeah, I'm with Crystal. Like, how much if I can trust him now? Like, even when we're up big, he's still struggling to find that find his stuff. I mean, and Nick Pavetta has been he like you guys said, like it reminded me of the 2018 Evolved against the Dodgers. Same thing with Hauk. Like when he came in relief for sale in game two, he was awesome. Like, well, I'll say this and I'll turn it over to you guys. We don't win game three if Pavetta is not on the mound because I'm not sure who they would have used. I'm was Richards healthy or was he hurt before? He was that a game? scratch. He, he got scratched. Okay. Yeah, he scratched. But like, do you agree with me that if someone else is on the mound, that doesn't happen? I mean, Grant, we want to know for sure because it never happened, but yes. So to your point, yes. But by the way, I want to talk to you three guys about it because I'm sure you were just like me. The Kevin Kiermeyer double that caused such a controversy amongst yep. everything. What did you guys think about that? Because when I watched the replay, what I saw was 
Ball hits the wall right before the bullpen, bounces off Hunter Renfro, and then goes back into the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And people were trying to make it that Hunter Renfro like purposely knocked it in there. Yep. Almost it was it was almost like A Rod in 04 when he slapped yep. Arroyo yeah. in the hand. Yep. That's what mm-hmm. people were trying to think of it as. And I'm like, yep. you guys are crazy. Yeah, because the rule is, and this it, they got it right. Like the rule is like incidental contact like that. It, it's a ground rule double. Like unless you're vehemently, unless you like picked up the ball and put it over the wall. Oh, guys, I like, couldn't find it. Like, oh, it's a double. Like he didn't obviously do that. It's incidental contact. It would happen to go off his foot, and, and like it's the dumbest luck ever that for that even to happen. Um, I think it's nuts that people were crying so much, and the race fans were crying so much when it's clearly the rule, and they play in the dump with the C ring and the D ring and all those rings up above on the Tropicana Field, which we don't have to get oh, into. Oh, you right. mean you the mean dump. all three? You mean all three Tampa Bay race fans? Yeah, all three of them. Yep. Uh, okay. This the side note: it's sad that they're they're one of the better teams in baseball, and they still can't fill that place. In a playoff, in a playoff game. game against the division of one of your division rivals, you couldn't fill that place. Half that place was Red Sox too. fans. Half that place was Red Sox fans. Like that kind of gross. But anyway, look, the plan, the play to me um, was insane. I, I I didn't know what to think of it when it first happened because I was like, wait, what really just happened there? But like when you slow it down, you get the replay, you look at it. It clearly just went off the dude's leg, went off of Renfro's foot by accident, and went over the wall. It's ground rule double, and they were nails and got out of it. I want to see their reaction if they, if they if it happened to them, because number one, like you said, Renfro did not. He's not even trying to do anything bad. He's just trying to get the ball. It bounces up in a weird direction. It's mm-hmm. probably never happen again. It was that weird. It's that strange. But it's the rule. Jeff Passan literally tweeted out that that's the rule. Any incidental contact is a ground rule double. Yep. It's simple it's as that. Mm-hmm. And I got race fans crying to me about. Well, it's the Red Sox. The Boston loves to cheat. Like, you know what? What would happen if it was against your team? What would happen? It happened. It happened to them yeah, in 2019 in Toronto, against I think, the Blue too. Jays. Yeah, yeah, it happened to them. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, and not to you, Zach, obviously, but, like, to the fans of Tampa Bay, shut up. Yeah. It literally happened to you. You know the rule. That's why Kevin Cash didn't go out and argue it as hard as yeah. he could have. Yeah, no one argued it. It is what it is. It just happened to be unfortunate timing where they could have had some. Like, what if that was no nobody on, right? And it wasn't in that kind of situation. No one would have cared as much. But like, it was the heat of the situation. Um, a low key, I don't think Kevin Cash is really a good manager. Um, and and you can this isn't a raise podcast, so I'm not going to break out all of Kevin Cash's decision making here. Um, but there are definitely times where you can tell that Kevin Cash is not directly in control of this team. And there are some there are some puppet strings. I will call it that. Uh, from above for the analytics baseball. The best thing about Cora is that he has freedom enough that like, look at the bunt, for example, when they did that sacrifice bunt, that's not an analytics play. That's a, I know baseball, we're putting a bunt down here to get the runner over play. Um, that, that's the kind of stuff that not every manager does because not every manager is in full of control of his team anymore because of the analytics from upstairs, which I get it. There's a place for analytics in baseball. I'm not doubting that, but th- there's proof that you have to have a little self-control too. What kind of manager takes his game one starter that he threw on Thursday through 92 pitches, comes back three days rest. I understand it was a must win situation. I get that. But if you either kept calm the in that game, or you went to a different reliever, you probably win that game. You have McClanahan ready for game five. Yep. Yep. Again, we're not a race podcast, but it just like, and I tweeted out and Jared, I know you liked it. And you and I mm-hmm. had a discussion about it. Like, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You handed the Red Sox that series and, with and that the, move. The biggest thing is he was like, that, that kid is a rookie. Or like, it, it, it may be, no, because no, he pitched last year. But like, essentially is. Um, there, he was not in a spot to mentally or physically to be ready to pitch out of the bullpen as a, no, as a starting pitcher to come in and do that. As soon as he came in, and I'm like, okay, what, what are they doing? Like, what? I understand maybe wanting to take McHugh out 
for certain reasons, but like, why are you going to the kid that you need for game five, who clearly is nails when he's starting? It's not like you're t- telling Chris Sale to come in who has years of experience and can just pitch really whenever because he mentally is just stable and unstable in a good way, I guess you can call Chris Sale. Um, it blew my mind that he did that, but we bring up Hunter Renfro. I kind of actually wanted to talk about this. Hunter Renfro's mismanagement of his defense sometimes. This is something that going into the ALCS, this, this really could be something that bites them in the ass. Um, he, he over, he makes that throw when he shouldn't have um, all the way to home plate, which allowed, uh, who was it? Who hit that ball? When Renfro oh, made the throw to second, you, you know what I'm talking about who? Who? I forget. Was um, it Wander or Rosarena? One yeah. of those two. It was Wander. It was yeah. Wander Franco. Thank you. Um, like stuff like that, he does it a lot more often. Yeah, he makes nice plays. He has a good arm, but like I feel like sometimes he just overthinks it and tries too hard to be the hero. This is something that he's been doing a lot. He does it consistently. It's like you live or die with Hunter Renfro. But going into the ALCS, the Astros are a really good baseball team. That's something that could really come back to bite you when it comes down to it in like a seven game series. Wait, I think that was at Rosarena actually. Was it a Rosarena? Because it was um was it like with Brazier on the mound or something? Like when they went to the bullpen? No, that was Whitlock, because Whitlock went and backed up the throw. And yeah, everybody it was it was, it was when Whitlock went. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah Whitlock, that's right. Whitlock. So I think it was either against I think it was a Rosarena. I could be wrong, but not that it matters anyways. Yeah, either but. way, we're concerned about Hunter Renfro, right? Like Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, a second ago, you guys were talking about with Alex Cora, and I do agree that he um, he completely outmanaged Kevin Cash in this series. Yep. But one thing this Red Sox team has that hasn't really done well this year is really just the basics. I mean, look look at how they are on the base paths. You know, this team is – you have Christian Vasquez all season. He's erratic on the base paths. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think these guys, I think he needs to kind of tap into them and say, hey, look, we just need to play fundamental baseball. That inning scared the hell out of me when they he threw the ball around twice that inning, and ultimately the race tied it up. And thank God the Red Sox ended up winning that game. So I do have a concern. I tweeted earlier in the night that he was like you know a Gold Glove right fielder, and then seven innings later he's you know chucking the ball around like a little leaguer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Red Sox need to are gonna need to uh, reel that in because if not, yeah, that could cost them a game, and you can't give this Astros team, any, any additional outs or bats, because they are, this is going to be the, the, to me, I think this is their biggest challenge, unless they were to play the Dodgers in the world series, this team right here. Yeah. I agree. I I honestly think that like, if they don't play the Dodgers, like say they win, they won't play the Dodgers there. They should win. Like, like, I don't know. I look at the Dodgers as the only threat in the NL to them. Like, I don't think the Braves can, will beat them. I don't think the giants would beat them either, but I think we're going to ahead of ourselves, but um, I still think the Giants beat the Dodgers. So, I would love that game five at home. I'm in. Let's do it. Zach, Hunter you were really say something? Has, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Hunter really hasn't been that good offensively either in the playoffs. Like, yeah, he's been meh. Like since the playoffs yeah. started. Yeah, he's yeah, not like crushing the balls off the wall. He left and, his at the regular season, and he's okay. yeah, he, a ghost so far. So, a question for you then: If Hunter Renfro is an, Hunter Renfro is an issue. Chances of Jaron Duran making the roster for the ALCS. Just chances. I know you don't want it, Al. Don't, don't give me the thumbs down. Chances of it actually happening. Do you think they do it just in case? I don't no. think so. I just think because no. he doesn't have any experience there. That's my only issue. Like, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm just looking at it based on experience, like in the postseason. Like, like when the moment's too big for him, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to contain it. You know what I mean? Like, what's the, then what's the Hunter Renfro insurance? 
Who's your who's your Hunter Renfro insurance in the outfield? Um, it's going to have to be probably Danny Santana. Oh, see, I'd rather Jaron Duran at that point. Just the problem is that Jaron Duran, again, his bat was non-existent when he came to the majors. Mm-hmm. He defensively really wasn't that great either. The biggest thing that kid has going for him is the fact that he has lightning speed. And unless you get in a situation where you can, you know, have another Dave Roberts type moment and you want to use mm-hmm. Jared Duran, you know, they're going to ride the Hunter Renfro train. You can't take his bat out of the lineup, but, and it's hard to even, even fathom saying take his glove out of the game towards the latter end of the, the innings. But I think it needs, to me, it should be crystal clear to Hunter Renfro. You make some bonehead plays, you know, there's a chance that you're not going to be able to play yep. because the Red, the Red Sox can't afford this. Yeah, this Houston Astros team it is a team that you know will take advantage of that and make you pay, especially when it feels like it's their last dance. And I want to talk about that in a second. But before we go to the ALCS, because I definitely want to break that down a little bit. Like anything else we want to get to from this ALDS series that we feel like it's important to get to. I just want to give a shout out to JD Martinez with spraining with a sprained ankle because I sprained my ankle back then and it's painful. And I'm not sure how he keeps on doing it, but you could just tell, like, the minute he got back in the lineup game two, this team changed because game one, the bats were silent. It was ground outs, fly outs, whatever. The minute game two and all of that, the top of the order has been great. JD's been great. We even got some production from the bottom half of the order as well. Like, JD makes a difference for this team. JD hit that and, three run dinger in game two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future with him. I know I think he can opt out now, I'm pretty sure, next season. Does he have forward. another opt-out after this year? Is there another one? Yeah, he, he does, and he won't. He won't opt out. No, he's not going anywhere. It's a lot of money, and they're good. And he just wants to play, and he loves it here. Like, I don't think he's going to opt out. But you're right. There, there's definitely uncertainty until he does opt in. I just, and I will say, Zach, yeah. go ahead, finish. No, no, go ahead. I'm, done. I'm pretty much done. All I, all, I was say, to him. all I was going to say was, he probably used some massage therapy gun treatment as well. And you can get your massage therapy gun at Exogun because the Into the Triangle podcast is brought to you by our friends at Exogun. We all, we all, work have, out, we all have done personal masseuse like the Red Sox, so this is important. This is true, so make sure you listen up. Jared, I'll ask you this specifically. Have you ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after that workout? Um, four years ago, yes, when I worked out, 100%. Well – if you're working out like Jared four years ago or you're taking care of a baby, this product is for you because you yeah. can get the massage without even having to leave your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore because Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Exogun is portable, adjustable, powerful, and trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in-recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends at Exogun. Get 10% off of the code CGS10, that's CGS10, at checkout. Exogun comes with a charger and a carrying case. Go get your Exogun today. Treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice with that promo code at checkout, CGS10, CGS10. I'll tell you, you're not a dad. It might as well be a workout. Crawling around, lifting her up, making her fly in the air. I might as well need the, I need the Exogun, even without going to the gym. I'm surprised your arms aren't bigger by now. Bigger? I don't yeah. gain weight, dude. I can't. Like I, I oh, went but on, you gain muscle, but you gain muscle by carrying her around and carrying her in your arms, you know. I've just I'm built. I've been like this since high school, man. I just like I, 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 I tried to lobby a fastball down the middle. You swung and missed at that one big time. You know, I was a pitcher. I wasn't a hitter. 
Okay. Then you left the fastball down the middle and you let the guy hit it 420. Hey, that's a better analogy. There you go. Kind of like Rafi did the other night. Got you covered. Red Sox Astros ALCS. There we go. Love it. Um, it's a big deal. Astros five years in a row. Again, the only time they made the, the World Series is when they cheated. Uh, or when they won the World Series. Which, did they wait? Did they go a second time? Yeah, the Nationals won in that, That's right. The Nationals won. Yeah, that's right. Didn't didn't win. They didn't cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, look. I, I know they're not they're technically underdogs, but I do like the Red Sox in this series, um, which is weird for me to say out loud because I'm not an optimist. But like the way this Red Sox team is going right now, I will say this: it just feels like 2013, only with more talent on the team, because that 2013 just didn't belong. Um, but they had David Ortiz, and it was a magical season and all that stuff. But like this team actually has talent. Like I think people really undervalue how good Kike is as a baseball player. He's been the hottest player on the planet since the division series started. Um, and of course he pimped a bat flip. He, no one could pimp a awesome. sacrifice fly better in that situation. It was great. Um, this team loves each other. They care about each other. And there's just something about this team that like, I don't really, I'm not really scared of the Astros for some reason. Now, look, the one thing I'm curious about is how serious these guys are taking this. Cause it feels like it is the last dance for the Astros. Um, we know some of those guys want to leave. Um, it kind of feels like it, it's the beginning of the end for that core. Um, who knows how long Dusty Baker is still allowed to manage. So like, you know, it feels like it's kind of a last dance to win a world series for this team. But that being said, I look at who you have and, and the mentality you have as a baseball team. Um, they're not going to look at any of those guys over there and, and be concerned and worried. Now, are there holes in the Red Sox situation? Yes. Like I, I even want to start here. Like you look at Chris sale day one, beginning of this season, we all sat here and said, well, Chris sale is going to come back and that's going to be the importance of even making the playoffs. Um, but we all can agree that Chris Sale needs to be Chris Sale for you to do something here in the next couple of weeks. It was um, almost the reason you didn't make the playoffs. Ex- exactly. Yeah. And then he almost, he, he, it, was, yeah. it was a joke, even the last start. So do we believe that they really found something here? Um, Chris Sale is not going to come out of the bullpen. Like he's going to get a start probably game two, right? I think Evaldi's going to get game one. So are we concerned about Chris Sale coming in? Do we feel like he's just going to figure it out, get out of the first inning? Um, or do we feel like we need to have Nick Pavetta ready for game two? I'm going to let these guys answer first because I, I have an opinion, but I'm letting it, you know, get Marinate, stew. Yeah, get heated up. You know what you do? Go have some shocked energy and really get it going up in there. I already had it earlier, so that's what's... Oh, juices are flowing. Well, I guess I'll start off first then. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about Sale. Uh, I thought he was going to dominate a Nationals lineup that was bad, and look what happened. He didn't do so well. And then he just got hit around and let Jordan freaking Luplo hit a grand slam off of him. So, yeah, I am a little bit concerned about Chris Sale. Um, for me, like the difference in this team, my biggest concern is the pitching staff. Um, I'm not worried about the offense, to be honest with you. Um, they got the Garrett Cole. They, uh, well, they're one of the to, best. They're like statistically top two offense in the league. Top two, top three. The Red Sox or the Astros? No, Red Sox. Like offense-wise, aren't they statistically one of the top three offenses in the league? In most categories, if not all? I haven't yes. looked at the rankings, so I'm yes, right, right there. I think so. But I trust Nathan Valdi. I trust Eduardo Rodriguez. Not like to go six or seven, but just to – I see Al's face there. Yeah, I know. I see you, Al. Don't worry. To like at least steady the ship. I don't mean like – go out there and get, like, one hit off and, like, 10 strikeouts. Of all the yes, Erod is one of those guys, like, 
Okay, he's good, but he also struggles a little bit here and there. Sale, listen, I just hope he figures out because especially against this dangerous Astros lineup, they're going to need him to be the Chris Sale that we know. That's just my take on it. But So I think with, with Sale, for me, I have some cause for concern because he hasn't pitched well in what, maybe two and a half weeks right now, mm-hmm. you know, he looked good against Baltimore. He didn't look good against Washington. So yeah, there's any, and obviously he didn't look good against Tampa Bay. So yeah, there's some cause for concern. The optimism right now that's coming out of Boston and just, and from Alex Cora's comments leads me to believe that they did genuinely find something with this guy to correct him. Alex Cora was quoted today that the last time they heard someone found it in the bullpen was David Price in 2018. David Price completely flipped the switch in his postseason narrative the year mm-hmm. the Sox won the World Series. So if they indeed found something, then I'm not going to be as worried. But I don't want to go ahead and, and just kind of have those like – I'm going to have the butterflies of the postseason as it is. Yep. I'm not going to have those worried butterflies because of Chris Sale. I think that when the lights are big – and they're going to shine the brightest, which right now this is their biggest series they're going to play, and these are the biggest games they're going to play, I think Chris Sale's going to show up. And, again, I think we got to – it's ALCS, but temper those expectations too. This, he is still coming off this Tommy John surgery. He's not the Chris Sale of old. It, we're probably not going to see that until at some point next year. Yep. If Chris Sale can go out and give them game two in five solid, meaningful innings – The E-Rod start. The E-Rod start we just had. That. Exactly. Then if the if the Sox get that, Sox and six, that's that's what it's going to be. The Chris Sale thing too. I like the David Price comparison, and then we'll let Al Stu come to come to life here, because the David Price thing, he turned it around, and we all thought he was mentally soft, like a puddle of water upstairs. We know Chris Sale's nails. We know Chris Sale is a psychopath in a good way. I'm never concerned about Chris Sale's mental makeup when it comes to this time of year. Um. I'm just concerned that he's not healthy. Um, and Chris is right. Like, we're not going to see that the Chris Sale until next year. You give me all-star break next season, and, and for the push to next year's playoffs, that's when you're going to start to really see vintage Chris Sale. Um, but, and I think they're working towards that, and that's fine. You don't need, like you said, Chris, you don't need vintage Chris Sale to be successful because you have enough behind him if you get with Pavetta or whatever. Um, you, need, you need the E-Rod start. But, Al, let's hear it. So if this was any other team besides the Houston Astros right now, I would say, okay, I'm still confident in Chris Sale, and I'm confident he can deliver a good postseason start. Mm-hmm. However, let's take a look back at a few of the starts in the postseason. 2017 ALDS, I think it was game one. How'd he do? Got racked. Now, granted, we know the Astros were cheating, but still, got racked. Mm-hmm. 2018, I think it was the same thing in the ALCS. I think he didn't have a good start there against Houston. I think that was the one game the Red Sox lost in that ALCS series. So with that being said, where's the confidence in him against this Astros lineup? Because you remember there's a lot of those hitters still in that lineup. Carlos Correa is still in that lineup. This is probably his last go around with Houston because he's made it clear he wants out and he wants something new. He's out. He's he's done. He's probably going to end up with the Yankees. You know, that's probably, Oh, it's hundred percent the Yankees or the blue Jays. One of the two. Or maybe even the Mets, but we we can talk about that in the off season. Good shot. He ends up in New York. Let's put it that way. Keep going. Exactly. 
You still have Jose Altuve. You still have Alex Bregman. You still have guys. Marlon Gonzalez is back there, and he started off with this team. People yeah, forget and, that. He started off with this team. Playing well. Like, and playing – right, exactly. Like, playing on, well. Marwin. Come on. <laughs> Marwin. Marwin. The only, the Classic only, the only Marwin. Big, that's, that's such a Marwin thing to do. But the only difference is, Jared, and I think the other guys can agree to this too, the only big bat they're really missing from that 2018 series is George Springer. That's really it. I mean mm-hmm. – yeah, I, I I know that the the, uh, the Astros have like uh, Martin Maldonado. I know that there's a few other pieces in there, but those three big bats and Correa, Bregman, and Altuve, that's a scary trio right there. Yep. So my thing is, is if Sale really found something, he better show it in Game Two of this ALCS because I'm telling you right now, if you don't split like you did against Tampa, you're gonna have a really hard time getting out of Fenway Park and back into Houston for Game Six and Seven. The nice thing about the Red Sox situation is you mentioned that three-headed monster. Red Sox have their own three, four-headed monster, whoever you want to include in there, right? Like the, the Astros do have to deal with, um, you have Kyle Schwarber pretend, probably leading off, and then you deal with, or Kike, whatever, and then Kike Hernandez, and then you deal with, in the heart of the lineup, you got Rafi Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Verdugo, who's been playing well. You have, like, I like the Red Sox lineup better. Right, I know the Astros have their three-headed monster, but the Red Sox from one to seven, right, is phenomenal. So the lineup I take 100% of the time in terms of the Red Sox. But you're right, if Chris Dale hasn't figured it out, he ain't getting out of that second inning, right? Like he, he's it's going to end up being another Ray situation. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Nick Pavetta. I don't know what you guys think they're going to do, um, but my guess is they will have him on standby for game two. Probably even game one, to be honest with you, but most likely game two. Like, I don't, I trust Evaldi, right? Um, Pavetta will be on standby for game two. And if he's not needed, then he'll probably start what, game three, game four? Um, mm-hmm. There's a good shot. They want, they want to use Pavetta as a starter. They have to because they can see this guy comes in game four, say, as a starter at Fenway Park. The energy that guy brought, every strike, when he was striking guys out, he was high stepping off the, off the mound to the that dugout. Like, Nick Pavetta is just, Anyone who plays sports in like high school and wants to, I, like I've seen videos of like high school baseball players doing that. The fact that he like high stepped off the mound, I trust him wholeheartedly to take that ball for game four or whatever, or even game three and go six innings, right? And just mow him down. I'd rather that than him have to come in game two. And Chris Hill's a big part of what Nick Pavetta does, whether it's coming in game two or starting game four. So, so I'll say this really quick if you break the teams down, like place by place, here's where I think a lot of people would agree. Pitching staff, I give the Red Sox a slight advantage. You know, I think this year, I think Eovaldi and Verlander, I'm not saying Justin Verlander in his prime. I'm saying yeah. right now, Justin Verlander, right now. Nathan Eovaldi, I might, I might call that a toss-up. Yep. I really would. And then you have Chris Sale, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Nick Pavetta, and the, the Astros counter with Jose, you're queedy. I don't even know if I said that right. Luis Garcia, and then Framber Valdez. I've never heard of any of those guys. So give that advantage to the Red Sox. Bullpen, probably advantage Astros. Astros. Fielding, advantage Astros. Lineup, another toss-up. Because you take a look at this Astros lineup, besides the guys that I mentioned earlier, you have Jordan Alvarez. You have Michael Brantley. I forgot that the, that the Astros signed Michael Brantley. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about him. Kyle Tucker, Martin Maldonado. Uh, Jordan Gurriel, like they, oh, no. they're good hitters in that lineup. 
So, I mean, it, it's it's tough. It's a tough matchup. But, you know, I still think the Red Sox have a shot. The Red Sox are underdogs. I, I don't. I, even, I, I know they are. I don't know what the lines were, but they are underdogs. And I, I think plus one thirty-five in the oh, series. How's their nets tweaking? Um, they are the underdogs. I'm okay plus with that. Plus one thirty-five. There we go. Um, I think they're okay with that. I think they come in. They're going to come in. They're going to go to Houston. They're not going to be afraid of the moment. Um, I think the big things to look at are going to be the Chris Sale situation, um, which Erod you get, right? Like, I think the big question marks are going to be the pitching. The starting pitching is going to be the question marks. If you can get the right versions of those two guys, you win this series. I trust the lineup to out-hit everybody else. I trust the the back end, like Whitlock and those guys to come in and, and be the, those guys. But if you get the right versions of Chris Sale and Erod, not the prime versions of Chris Sale, like we talked about, right, Chris? Like, I, I just want – I want the – bare minimum five innings from both Erod and Chris Sale, yep. decent starts. If you get that, Red Sox win this series. I think the one thing, too, guys, to look at with Chris Sale is that he's actually – his numbers in the postseason are not exactly the, the greatest. Yep. Um, he's eight, – eight games he's pitched in. He's He started um, five of those games. He's got a 7-2-7 ERA. And his, and his best – his best performance came – from an ERA perspective against the Astros in the ALCS where he went four innings. Yep. And we had that where he closed out the, the yep. world Series. It wasn't exactly a save, but um, <clears throat> so it just, we need sale to be consistent. My, I, my only pushback out to the Astros uh, where you're talking about, I, I think that the unfamiliarity with their pitching with this Red Sox lineup could be an issue. Um, you didn't mention Lance McCullers and he pitched pretty well the other night. Um, forgot about him. You're right. He's, and he's hurt now, I think, though. Is it? They said that um, Dusty Baker, I saw a tweet yesterday, if someone wants, wants to look it up, that he's going to be out with right arm soreness, like forearm soreness, they said. That's why he came out early to the White Sox game. Yes, he's got arm soreness. Right now, the Houston uh, Chronicle is saying he'll be available for the ALCS. So maybe, okay. I mean, that's only meant for Boston, though. It, it, even if in a limited capacity, because, I mean, he looked like he pitched pretty well the other night. But Fran Rivaldez, not a household name, but he pitched pretty well against the Sox this year. Um, Uriquiti, same thing. He only had 20 starts this year. Um, they have Jake Odorizzi as well, but I think he, he's going to be something they're going to use out of the bullpen. I don't think you're going to see him in any sort of meaningful – um, like start with them. Their bullpen is, is pretty stellar though. I mean, I like their, I like their pen and plus, you know, they did add, you know, Kendall Graveman too. So um, I just, I wouldn't really, I don't want to sleep on their pitching because the Red Sox, it's a small sample size and they didn't really play Houston as much like they did with Tampa and things like to that nature. Um, but I agree with you guys in regards to the lineup standpoint, I think the Red Sox can go toe to toe with the Sastros team. Um, the, the person who scares me the most though is Altuve. He's he mashes in the postseason, so and he hates the Red Sox. And the biggest thing that you just I don't think you want to have the Astros do is just get some swagger under their belt. You know, don't give them any sort of bulletin board material, don't give them anything to where they can get momentum right away. And, and I don't want to go and pull like, but what Felger said earlier today, if you listen to 985 on, on his show, was that the Astros are the type of team that will find something that you say, will uh, pick that up play with a little bit of swagger and then hit your best player three innings later. Mm-hmm. And 
if you if that happens at any point, that could swing that momentum into their into their favor. So, I personally think it's Sox and six, and I know we'll probably talk about that. You know, when the um, what we think is going to happen in the series. I just think the Sox are on a roll right now. This little bit of time off they're going to have, I think, only helps them get healthy. Devers one having a couple of days. I mean, he looks miserable swinging at the plate. I mean, he's still making some contact, but I just, every time that kid swings and he just grimaces, like I just, I feel his pain, yeah. you know, as well. So if the Red Sox can come out hot, like they, in this game, like they ended the last series, Sox and six, we keep saying that Sox and six. All right. So Chris has got Sox and six. I want to hear the other predictions from you guys too. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, it's tough. Zach, go ahead. You, you can. I, I'm I just want to before my predictions right now. I just want to piggyback of what, what Chris said about the momentum or the um, giving them bulletin board material. Yeah, the Rays gave Red Sox bulletin board material. Mm-hmm. A Rosarino was eating popcorn during Game One, mm-hmm. and then I remember they're talking to Alex Verdugo, and they said that they already they already ordered champagne and all this stuff even before they got to Boston because yep. they were so cocky. And that's what the Rays are. They are cocky. You see these guys like Wanda Franco, Randy Rosarena. They are just – when something good happens, they always just show it off. I mean, if you do something good, you should be able to show off. It's a hard lead to play in. But yeah, ah. yeah, there you go. But, like, just like the, the stuff they do just gets to you, and I feel like that's what gave the Red Sox momentum. And especially playing that – that crowd was amazing in games – uh, three and four. It was the loudest I've seen Fenway in a very long time. Um, I forget who tweeted it, but someone basically said it's the loudest they've seen Fenway since that 2013, like, poppy Grand Slam. Like, Fenway has been insane. Like, that Kike sack fly. Like, I wasn't there, but I could just feel it from my TV, like, all the way in Buffalo. The crowd. And, and so <clears throat> that feeling it from your TV. So I, I've now, I obviously have watched every Sox game this postseason, and I've caught games here or there for the for the others but the games that that i've watched the fenway crowd has been the absolute loudest and mm-hmm. most intense i think out of any one of the fan bases that we've seen yep and i think that that around here is being talked about a lot and i don't know if nationally it's going to get that recognition that until the red sox actually play houston and the fans go and show up yep. but that crowd they were a big part too is why this team those players fit off of that. Just even then a Yankees game, like how loud and just the energy and the passion. Awesome. So I personally, I am trying to go to game three. Tickets are not a lot of money either. Like 200 bucks and that's, that's fine. That's um, nothing for this game. These this, games. That's what sucks is I have, I have a work thing I got to travel to next week for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But um, I want to feel that. Like the last time I went to a Sox playoff game is in 2007. Josh Beckett, ALCS, Red Sox beat Cleveland. Yep. Um, it was an amazing, amazing atmosphere. And just seeing that on TV, like, I want to be part of that. And I feel like seeing this on TV, it's probably better than it was in 07. Like, I, like I, this, for some reason, I don't know what it is. We, we've won more than we had in 07, right? Like, we've won more. We're getting used to the Red Sox being pretty consistently good. The Yankees, you know what I mean? Like, the Yankees haven't won in forever. And then you look at the Red Sox and go, our fan base is insane. And look, I think they're more pink hat around the country Yankee fans than there are Red Sox fans because the Yankees are like the Cowboys, right? You root for the Cowboys because you're America's team. Um, the Red Sox fan base, I 100% agree with you, Chris. It's not going to be talked about until someone else's team shows up in Fenway. 
the crowd's going to be made a big deal when Houston comes to Fenway for game three, four, and what, and five. Um, if they go to the World Series, that is going to be made a big deal again. The Fenway crowd is hands down the best I've, I've seen in the postseason, and there is no fan base to match it. The only one that I can consider even matching it would have been the Cubs if they got in, right? Because the Chicago Cubs fan base is also kind of crazy. Um, Fenway Park has been rocking, and it's a big reason why I think the Sox do win in six is because you're going to win two out of three at home. You're 100% going to win two out of three at home. The way, the way this fan base hates Houston, the way the league hates Houston, they are going to rain the parade down on the Houston Astros in Fenway. And yes, the Houston Astros, this crew, rains on negativity and, and loves that hate. But something about the way the crowd's been this year, starting in that wild card game in the postseason, I don't know if Houston can come in here and take more than a game. I just think the All way right, Zach, what's your prediction? I, real quick, guys, I just think the way that the Sox have played, it's it, it's almost felt like all season long, it's been there's been your your pro Red Sox, yep. Heim Bloom pro that group. You had your other portion of it that Bloom sucks, his team sucks, ownership sucks. Those are the people that want to believe they want to be all in with the Sox, but they're they're saying they suck because they don't want to be let down. And there's the people right in the middle. It's almost like now that the right in the middle and the pro bloom pro socks, they've now merged. If mm-hmm. the Red Sox make noise, it's, it's almost like the perfect storm. All of it's going to start to come together again. Yep. And it's going to, it's almost, it, to me, it feels like it's a recipe for this team to finally get back into like the conversation where they're just not a shit show anymore. Yep. It just, just feels like that it's starting. You're not. To you're not back. every. You're not in every other year shit show. You're not inconsistently where you're no, winning but, a title and then losing every game. Like it's not that. It's, it, it, the goal is not to be that anymore. And the Heim's been saying that since day one. Sorry, right. I'm going to go on a coughing. I'm going to mute for a second. Uh, and to to Chris's point too, um, Heim Bloom. I'm done bashing him. Like there's no more. Like anyone that's bashing Heim Bloom, you're done, because the impact of the guys that he's brought in have had on this, 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 this series, this postseason run, uh, Alex Verdugo, Kike Hernandez, Hunter Renfro signing. I know we've talked about that in one way or the other, but he still brought in Hunter Renfro for like nothing. Uh, you talk about bringing in other guys, like we got Whitlock from the Yankees for nothing. Um, how bad we, we bashed. I mean, I wasn't with you guys in the podcast at, at that point, but how about when they got Hansel Robles at the deadline? Everyone that, bashed him for Hanson Robles. But then on top of it, Robles, when he, his first couple of uh, relief appearances was a dumpster fire. Yep. He was one of the reasons towards the end. Like, he was their de facto closer for a little bit. Yep. So it's it, – and that move actually was – I think it was announced like after 4 o'clock. It was made like right when the deadline was about to expire. Yep. Here's a guy that you got right at the – when the deadline expires, and he's a key piece of your bullpen, and he wants to come back. Yep. And even Austin Davis too. I mean, he, he provided some meaningful pitches. I mean, he was loosening up the other night yep. in, in that, in that other game. So yeah, he's, had, you know, I, I'm, I'm good with big fudge. I don't need him in here anymore. Goodbye. Bloom has had, a, I, Bloom has had more, I think successes more than he yep. has like, you know, um, yes. with the plate. So and look speak. at the return and everyone always wants to go back to the Mookie Betts thing. The Mookie Betts return was Alex Verdugo, essentially. 
look how that's worked out. Alex Verdugo loves it here. He wants to be here. He's talking about being my cousin Vinny from Boston again in a Nesson interview. Like that dude lives and breathes. Bought he bought a chain. I'm assuming you guys saw this, but he bought yeah. a Red Sox chain. And someone asked him about it in an interview, and it literally said, "Oh, is that a new? Is that for the playoffs?" Like, no, I just like bought it. I love the city. You know, I'm, I'm from Boston now, so like I just wanted to rep my city. He's like, on the back, I got SpongeBob just to remind myself to yeah, keep happy. <laughs> like. Who doesn't love that guy? And then if Jeter Downs or Connor Wong pan out whatsoever, you win that Mookie Betts trade because you had to trade Mookie Betts. High Blue had no choice. So th- there's really no negativity for me with High Bloom anymore. And I think this bullpen issue is, is going to be fixed by the time next year rolls around because this is what High Bloom's doing. He's building consistency. You have a young core. As long as he pays Devers when he's supposed to be paid, like, good for Heim. So you got Jared with Sox in six. You got Chris with Sox in six. Zach, what's your prediction? Al's trying to get out of here. Al's trying to go to bed. <laughs> yes. I say something first before I give my prediction again. 100%. Make Al stay here as long as yeah. he has to. <laughs> Al's pushing this show along. Al, they're going to the ALCS. Lose some goddamn sleep, will you? No, yeah. I already lost enough sleep <laughs> watching this team. You guys are talking about Heim Bloom and what, what a great job he's done. I know you guys are trying to talk about this guy, and he's not playing more, but Jose Iglesias has been a difference maker for this team ever since he got here in Boston. He is doing great stuff offensively, and even now with him not being on the roster, just his leadership has been awesome, man. He's traveling with the team. Did you, Zach, yeah. did you see that little nugget of Christian Royals? Yeah, yeah, I heard about like, it. Like, the whole bunting thing? Yeah. Mm, like, we are too- Dude, yeah. that's your that's your teammate, but it's also your position. Like you took his job for two weeks yeah. because you were playing so well. Look, I don't want to dive into Jose Iglesias too much. I agree with you 100. percent I hope they bring him back next year. Like yeah. he loves it here. Dude loves Boston. I don't think he really wanted to leave, but Xander beat him out. Um, but he comes in here. He's your second baseman next year. Leave mm-hmm. Kiki in the outfield. Christian Royal can go bye bye, and Jose Iglesias and Xander can be turning double plays in the middle of the infield all year. I'm all for that. Um, all right, Zach. What is your prediction for the ALCS? My heart says Sox and six. Wait, no, let me I mess it up. My bad. My heart says Astros and they're six or seven, but I don't know. Some of this Red Sox team just, I just have a good feeling they're going to pull it out here. Um, Ann, what are you doing? Just don't worry about it. Don't let me finish. No, yeah, just throws yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throws sh- 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 your Wi-Fi connection sh- again. Shut your mouth. It's the Wi-Fi. He's spotty. It's fine. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. The way his team has been playing, and they're just giving, like, okay, they can pull it out here. And I know we're a baseball podcast, and I know my hockey team's awful, but back in 05-06, the Sabres were, just like now, terrible. And then they cocked some fire. And they made the playoffs. And as the playoffs went along, people started looking at them like, this team's a good team. And I'm hoping the Red Sox don't do a series of the day. You're losing seven games in the third round. But Wait, to be fair, Zach, I don't think they win in seven games. Like, if this goes seven games to Houston, Houston wins the seven game. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm just saying, like, as yeah. a comparison, this team is just giving me, like, that, I don't know, I... I think the Sox are going to be the winners here. I think they're going World Series, and it's crazy because, Jared, I know when it was just you, Al, and I, you were the only one that had us team going to the playoffs. Al thought we were of all Alan people I, of all people. Yeah, I, I had them, I had them ninety wins. They finished with ninety two. So, I say Sox and six. 
I'm not. I just have a good feeling that something special is going to happen this he year. He doesn't like team. the pick, but he's still choosing it. Sox and six. I like it. Al's going Astros. I can see it in his face. I said this on Legends Lingo. Rate and subscribe. And I'm going to say it on Into the Triangle. Sox and seven. Oh, see, I don't like the seven game. I, I don't. But here's the thing. Oh. I think. I think, and that's why I love it so much. It's going to be three to three. All the stops are going to be pulled. I don't care who's pitching for Houston, whether it's Verlander, McCullers, whoever. Red Sox are going to get an early lead, a big lead, and they're going to ride into the World Series. I want to be a little different. Red Sox and seven. The one thing I'll say about game seven is you have the advantage of maneuvering the game. Alex Cora, I take over Dusty Baker. Right, new age game, managing the game, managing personalities. He's got big personalities in Houston. Um, I take Alex Cora in a seven-game management style, right, over Dusty Baker, and that's where I think you could have a leg up. But I don't know, something about Houston in game seven, I just think they figure it out. Um, But yeah, either way, um, obviously we're all picking the Red Sox, and I think it's hard to pick against them right now. Um, Like I even, I picked the Rays in, I think I said five or four last last series. Um, I was obviously wrong. Um, I'm done picking against the Red Sox. I think they're, they feel like a team of destiny. weren't supposed to be here. All the pieces are coming together. Um, yeah, I, I think th- this starts Friday night. It's going to be a stressful week and a half, two weeks, whatever it may be. Um, but you have two big games coming up in Houston, and then you come back to Fenway for a few games. Fenway crowd, guys, if you're going to be there, Chris, you better be Ryan. loud as hell. Give the Houston Astros all you got. Uh, make it feel like... you. Just they don't belong because they don't make them feel like they want to piss their pants when they go right out and play defense. I want no mercy on the Houston Astros. And I hope, I don't know about this, but I hope the country's not rooting for them. I know no one likes the Red Sox either, but like I hope that people are rooting against the Astros. You know who's really having a hard time with this right now is Yankees fans because yeah. you have the Red Sox as their rivals and then you have the Houston Astros who were cheated out of the World Series. They are living in a personal and all that and on top of that the yankees fans have to deal with aaron boone probably coming back so they're living life right now um all right into the triangle podcast we'll end it there <laughs> brought to you by couch guys sports of course that was episode number 59 brought to you by our good friends at shocked energy cgsn is the code to use at shockedenergy.com for your 10 percent off again green apple watermelon all that good stuff um al could use some shocked energy because he's whining about going to bed right now um Red Sox, Astros, ALCS. Tune into it. We'll be back next week. We'll we'll, we'll push out another episode next week at some point um, talking about ALCS and what's going on so far. Again, couchguysports.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast, all the other podcasts, all the written content. We got the SEO King on this show, Chris Henrique. Um, all the great written content going on there as well. Twitch channel, YouTube channel. Al, did I get it all for you, Mr. Bossman CEO? Okay. Al wants to go to bed. All we'll, we'll talk to you next week and... Uh, Go Red Sox. <laughs>